You like the Just Baseball show and want to make your own? Let me tell you about Anchor. It's free. There's a creation tool that allows you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Now you can even add any song from Spotify directly to your episodes. The possibilities are endless for what you can create, whether it's music analysis, your own radio show, or something the world's never seen before. Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and much more. You can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. It's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. So download the free Anchor app or go to anchor.fm to get started. Friday, August 6th, Just Baseball Show. Jack McMullen, Peter Apple. We talk about the Padres and like what's going on there because they're so exciting, but they're also super frustrating and we don't really know exactly what's going on with them. So we turn to somebody who does know what's going on with them, Javier Reyes, who is uh, the meme guy. How many memes per week do you get from him? I would say we're getting about... Uh... Let's say six to seven memes. We're getting about a meme a day. Okay. And he's just so solid because he sends me memes I've actually never seen before. Like he just sent me like an anime meme that was like making fun of the Dodgers, which is his whole shtick, which you'll hear in the interview. He right. He's so anti-Dodgers. And at a time when the Dodgers just added Max Scherzer and Trey Turner at the deadline to an already stacked team, it's not the best time to be talking crap about the Dodgers. Right, it, it's not the best time, and the Dodgers but it's kind of are, hilarious. It's it's funny as hell because it's like, like a Yankee fan. Like if I'm talking shit about the Red Sox right now, it just like doesn't really. make a ton of sense. Not in the same boat because both the Padres and the Dodgers are both better than the Red Sox and the Yankees. I'd say. Would you say the Padres are better than the Red Sox? Um, that's a tough one. That is a tough one. I'd say no, actually, right now. You'd say the Red Sox are better. Yeah. I'm in between the Red Sox with Chris Sale, I think are better. I think as constructed right now, the Padres are better. I think it's a lot more like a Mets fan talking shit about the Yankees because it's yeah. just funny and like they will never be the Yankees. The Padres the will big, never be the Dodgers. That's the big thing on Twitter, too. It's like the Yankees are having the season where they actually have a better record than the Mets. But the Yankees are the team who's having the terrible season and the Mets are having the great season, even though the Yankees are the Yankees have a better record. So I like to tell my roommate that shout out. Will Cohen. I like to tell him, you know what? It's great that, you know, you're a Mets fan and like, yeah, the Mets look great, but the Yankees are so bad. Oh wait, they're literally better. And just the roster is just better. It just is. Hey, before we get into the Padres conversation with Javi and the NL West conversation in general, I was so some people screw around on reddit some people screw around on twitter i like screwing around on spot track which is the uh that's why i love you it, it's it's the contract um not tabulating it's like the contract keeping site so every yeah. major league it's got every guy's contract details in there 
And I was just curious about 25-year-old Freddie Peralta. I was like, does he have another year of pre-arbitration or does he hit arbitration this year? And I found his contract details. And oh my God, does David Stearns know what he's doing? Holy shit. Oh my God. We had the top five executives conversation on Tuesday. Now on Friday, I want to run through some of the most team-friendly contracts And then you're going to run through some of the worst contracts in recent memory. (laughs) It was so much fun. We're keeping this to recent memory. It's not Bobby Bonilla. We're we're keeping it to contracts that we saw signed. It's like, oh, that's a really good deal. Also, that's a really horrible one. Right. The Padres (laughs) conversation includes Eric Hosmer, of course. And he did not make this because I knew we were going to talk about that. He he's not on this one. Right. So it's it that's a crappy deal. We know that, but. Do you want to go one by one or do you just want me to get all the great deals out of the way and then all the crap deals at the end? I think a one by one, like you, then me, then me, then you. So we can talk about something really good then something really terrible that keep going back and forth. I, I like that. I like that dynamic. You have three. I have three. I have four. Perfect. Well, so I have three first. and then a caveat. Okay. So here's what we're going to do. Me, you, me, you, me, you, your caveat, and then my fourth. And then Bang. we get the hobby. Okay. So- Freddie Peralta, I'm just going to start with him. Five years, $15 million starting last year. For Freddie Peralta getting the possible NL Cy Young Award winner this year for $1.3 million. 2.2 next year. 3.5 in 2023. 5.5 in 2024. And then $8 million if the club chooses the two years after to get him through his age 30 season. So he signed five years, $15 million with two club options tacked on the end of that. That is genius. And I feel bad for Freddie Peralta. And he's what, 24 right now? 25. 25. And this deal goes to about his age 29, 30 season around there. If the Brewers take both of his club options, it takes him through his age 30 season. You get his prime. Yeah. You get his prime for $15 million. Yes. So what I did is I ranked the worst deals. And when you consider how good 15 million looks for Freddie Peralta, and then you look at some of these deals, it's just insane. It's just so at number three, I have Albert Pujols, 10 years, $240 million from the Los Angeles Angels. What does he have left? He still has a year, $30 million. That's this year. The Dodgers are now paying the prorated minimum salary, and the Angels got to pay a lot of that, $30 million. So in his first nine years with the Angels, Pujols slashed 257, 312, slugged 488 with 217 home runs. That is so far off from his time with the Cardinals. Where in the last nine seasons from 2003 to 2012, he slashed 330, 425 on base, 624 slugging with 374 home runs. And the most important part of this deal, yes, they paid out the nose for Albert Pools, who never really did anything for the Angels. But what I think what really handicapped, handicuffed, what is that word? Handicuffed? Handcuffed. Handcuffed. <laughs> I combined handicapped and handcuffed into handicuffed It handicuffed the angels. The deal was so expensive that it, the angels kind of wasted Mike Trout in his prime. 
All that money was for pools. Could they have paid starting pitchers? Could they have dispersed those millions in different places? I mean, think about it. Freddie Pearls is five years, 15 million. You think the Angels would absolutely die for him to be on their team? Like, where they gave him that much money. And not only was pool so bad, but it handicapped them, handicuffed. It handcuffed. Handicuffed. I like that one okay. now. All right. All of those Mike Trout prime years. Yep. You can't go get anybody with that type of money on your books. You can't go get anybody with that type of money on your books. Except Shohei Otani. And Shohei is, is one of mine. Shohei for two years, $8.5 million coming into this year to bypass the first two years of arbitration. They shot him about $25 million total over those two years, lower than what he probably would have gotten. If he went to an arbitration hearing this year, how much do you think he gets? 22 million. 20 or 22. Like the most you can get. (laughs) Right. Like he would set a record. They still have to hit arbitration with him in 2023, but for the immediate time being, $8.5 million for this year and next year of Shohei Otani. Like, that was a phenomenal deal for Anaheim. I just got to – it kind of relates to our Padres discussion. So, John Heyman just tweeted out, Padres talked to the Rangers about a Hosmer for Gallo trade and the Cubs about a Hosmer for Rizzo trade, but ended up doing neither. There was more to those deals, of course. In the Texas scenario, they would have had to include big-time center field prospect Robert Hassel, which they didn't love. Okay. I mean, what, what were you expecting? Like the Rangers to be like, oh yeah, like we like Eric Hosmer. No, no, I, I was, I'm shocked that they were trying to put together deals that would send Eric Hosmer for a Joey Gallo or an Anthony Rizzo. I guess you would include a prospect in there, but wow. I don't know. I, I didn't expect that. Uh, I would expect it because Cronenworth can play first base in 2022. No, I would expect the Padres to do it. I just don't expect any other team to even acknowledge that. And the fact that I feel like it was a report, I guess it doesn't really matter. I don't know. It just came up. I feel like it related. Yeah. Whatever. Let's just get to our second. I mean, Miguel Cabrera, eight years, 248 million. And don't forget the 30 million extra of mutual options for the ninth and 10th seasons in that deal. He still has three years left. That's including this season of $94 million with that added $30 million in mutual options. Jesus. An eight-year extension for a guy who was 33 at the time didn't seem like a great deal, but I'm not sure anyone expected one of the best right-handed hitters of our generation to somewhat fall off a cliff. I mean, he had 38 home runs in 2016, but since it's been a powerless wasteland. Dude, that's 16, what he, 3, 12, 10, 11. Those are the amount of home old. runs, Jack, in each season since 2017. I mean, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer, but like that's awful. But that's what happens when you get old. You fall off this cliff. Yeah, and you got eight years, 240 at 33 years old. Why did they do that? We're just talking contracts. The Tigers paid for the past. They didn't pay for what was to come. Like Miguel Cabrera earned that because he was so good at the time that he signed that contract. Did he earn that annual value? Absolutely. Did he earn eight years? 
No, no 33-year-old earns eight years. And that's the thing about the contract, the sort of under the table, is that he has options for his ninth and tenth. Yeah, just pick it up. Obviously. Make a dick ton of money. Obviously. Um, a guy that's not making a dick ton of money right now is Jose Ramirez. And we, we've talked about his contract. Like, so fun. Four years of backloaded $26 million. So $2.5 million in 2018, 3.7 in 2019, 6.2 last year, $9 million this year. And then you've got club options for 2022 and 2023 at 12 million and 14 million respectively. And that is a bargain for somebody with two all-star appearances, two silver sluggers, and two top three finishes in AL MVP voting before they even dish him $10 million. God, I love Jose Ramirez. I love how he plays. He's good at everything. He's one of those guys who doesn't have a hole in his game. And you may look at the slash line and him hitting 250, 260, and you may think, oh, he's not as good of a hitter as people you know, make him out to be. But no, he really is that great of a hitter. He has zero protection in Cleveland. Nobody wants to pitch to him. That's why he walks so often. Yep. Jose Ramirez is still the best third baseman in baseball. Wouldn't you agree? Yeah. This next contract sucked. <laughs> like sucked. Chris Davis of the Baltimore Orioles. Seven years. Did you forget about Chris Davis of the Orioles? I did not. I know that they're still paying his ass. Seven years, $160 million. Two years. One of those years is this year. At $17 million a year for a total of $34 million. Despite hitting just 196 in 2014, the Orioles were just fooled by his massive power numbers that Davis put up in 2013 and 2015. I mean, he combined for 100 home runs, which led them, they rewarded him, as the Tigers did with Miguel Cabrera with that seven-year $161 million deal in January of 2016. But since signing that extension, he's been the 2014 version of himself. He's hitting exactly 196 in parts of the five seasons. Isn't that kind of ironic? Over the past five years, Davis has hit 92 home runs. 38 of those came in the 2016 season. And guess what he's currently doing right now? Is he playing baseball? He's rehabbing a hip injury. He's been out the entire year, and he played a handful of games in 2020. We've just barely seen Chris Davis. I mean, it's just not good. It's just not good. That's probably the worst deal in Major League Baseball history. You paid a guy who hit a bunch of home runs in two years like you would pay a major superstar. And you thought, well, isn't he going to continue doing that? Because you were paying him to continue doing that. And he wasn't going to. Wasn't going to. He was never that actually that good. His bat-to-ball skills were horrible. Horrible. Is he is like When he was in his late 20s, he would just run into a baseball like 60 times in a year, and that's how you get 60 home runs. And I'm not. we're not going to touch on this a ton, but he also got suspended for Adderall. Yeah. Do you think he might have used those in 2013 and 2015? I think Adderall is fair. I don't think there should be an Adderall ban in Major League Baseball. Depends, I mean, if you're prescribed. If you're prescribed. Yeah, Was he prescribed? but I don't think he's prescribed. Oh, okay. Well, then that's a different conversation. What's I could caveat? be wrong. I could be wrong. But 
I don't think I am. Tell me your caveat, man. Uh, it's a couple of Yankees. Oh, so this isn't a caveat. It's just a whole nother one. Well, I'm not going to go as far deep into it. I just want right. to touch upon the fact that Jacoby Ellsbury continues to make money and that Giancarlo Stanton has seven years left at $208 million of his 13-year $325 million contract. I think the more is a caveat. New- because Giancarlo Stanton is actually is an 800 OPS. He's doing fine. But, like, he doesn't play the field and he's making so much money. Yeah, I, I, think, I think the Marlins knew what they were doing when they signed yeah. him to that deal. Well, you saying they, they did? Are you joking? No, I think they knew what they were doing because they knew that they weren't going to have him for the entire oh. time. <laughs> like somebody was going to sweep him up. And my, like my mind goes to, did Brian Cashman know what he was doing when he went and got Stanton? I, I don't probably have not. an answer for you. Yeah, probably not. I just um, don't have an answer, unfortunately. Two best bargains in baseball are on the same team. And then we'll get to this conversation with Javi Reyes. But Ronald Acuna and Ozzy Albies. Two best bargains Brace. in baseball for Atlanta. Acuna, eight years, $100 million to lock him through his age 30 season Dude. in 2028. I feel bad for Acuna. It's terrible. That's terrible. But even worse, Ozzy Albies got the Scotty Pippen deal. Seven yeah. years, $35 million. That's horrible. Two club options at $7 million per in 2026 and 2027. That's really awful for the best second baseman in baseball. I just you feel bad for these guys. Yeah, but I mean, then you then you look back on it. And it's like, well, he's still making seven million dollars a year to play a game. Like it's not too bad. We're 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 harping on the amount of millions that these young twenty year olds get to play a game. We're cutting hairs here if you think about it. But then when you look at the actual baseball sense, it's a terrible deal for Albies. He should be making twenty twenty five million a year, easy. And then Acuna should be making thirty. Yeah, but they had to pan out after they signed that, and they obviously have panned out, and shit, they're bargains. All right, let's talk Padres with Javier Reyes. We now welcome on Just Baseball Guy, Just Baseball CMO, not marketing, but memes, and the host <laughs> of Locked On Padres, Javier Reyes. Javi, uh, do, you, do you identify more with Locked On or with Just Baseball now? Oh, jeez. That's Louis. a great question to ask <laughs> off the gate. I love it. <laughs> I didn't know I was walking. I would. What is the, the Goodfellas of Joe you Pesci? You better prepare like, your answer because we're going to clip it and we're going to send it. Look, yep. when it comes to audio stuff, locked on. I mean, I do. I literally have a, my own podcast there. And when it comes to everything else, who do I send my memes to first? Peter can vouch for this. Who do I, I send all of my dumb takes about how I don't, I don't even know what my latest dumb take was i said them too many but i sent them to just baseball first so that's 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 where i align and arguably that's more important and a very professional answer there very professional that's what i do i just i go right down the middle i'm able to split both uh sides of the arc (laughs) i love will bond uh let's talk about your padres for a little bit and then we'll expand the conversation to the national league west starting with the padres they finished july sub 500 did they get swept by Colorado or did they lose two of three to Colorado? God, man, <laughs> just, just saying that it gets me so sad. I, know. I think they, I think they lost two of three. I could be, I try and block out the Colorado games, full disclosure. I just pretend it's not happening. I just pretend that they won every single one that they hard to play in course. It just is. I mean, the Rockies have a positive record in course this year out of nowhere, but they cannot win a road game. 
Okay, yeah, but it was it was two two. Sorry, it was a four game series. That's why I was forgetting. They two two. That's disgraceful. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but early goings in August, if they relinquish a late lead yesterday to Oakland and in Oakland, and yeah, you know they are a team that I think everybody had really high hopes for because you saw in the early goings of the year the Padres Dodgers at Dodger Stadium. You saw you know Tatis take Bauer Bridge twice, Machado take Bauer Bridge again. Everybody looked at the Padres and said, that's the most exciting team. And I can't wait to tune in again in October when they're on national television every single game. And they're going to be a wild card team. I think the big question now is, do they make it out of that wild card game? And that immediately takes me to the pitching question because post all-star break, the numbers are really bad. Blake Snell in his four starts after the all-star game has a 6-1-6 ERA. You Darvish in his three starts since the all-star break has a five, nine, four ERA. Mm-hmm. Like what's going on on the mound in San Diego? Oh my gosh. I mean, and, and let me know, by the way, when I can transition, you'll give me the key when I can transition and just make fun of the Dodgers for just a couple seconds. For sure. But, for sure. Um, Cause I got to get it out there before it's too late. You know, I got to yeah. get it out there. Totally. The Padres and and I heard I was listening to you guys because as you know I'm a, I'm a company man. Yeah. I was listening to you guys talking about the five the top GMs in baseball, right? And you put AJ Preller at spoiler everybody at number four, and I agreed as long as he was in the top five, I was fine. I think that I would argue though that AJ Preller's biggest miss of his tenure is actually not for Eric Hosmer because I think that you could actually make an argument that getting Eric Hosmer cemented the Padres as a team that was no longer just going to pull a in Oakland, they weren't going to pull a Cleveland and just hope that all their prospects break out and never pay anybody. It kind of was an identity change. And you could argue that doing that made Manny Machado more interested to come over. So you yep. could argue that if you're being very generous. I think Blake Snell is is the biggest miss of his tenure. He gave up a decent – everyone acts like they didn't give up anything. They didn't give up anything for you, Darvish and Joe Musgrove in the context of things. And before someone – clips this 10 years from now because uh-huh. the random dude who's in single a does well like screw off like whatever right like <laughs> that, you know what i'm talking about in the moment it's really not all that big of a package but for blake snell they did give up luis patino who i know he's been a little bit up and down tampa from what i've seen i've tried to like well, i haven't accepted it i know i know i, I don't watch <laughs> I, don't, <laughs> I don't even look up his numbers when i hear he does well i'm just like good for him man and then if i hear he struggles i'm like all right. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm just, I'm not looking at the numbers whatsoever. I refuse because I imagine upon closer look, he looks great for the 22 year old that he is, I think at this point. Yeah. Um, so they did give up a decent amount for him. And you look at the team now, they wouldn't be as struggling and looking for a starting pitch at the trade deadline, which I very publicly was distraught about after we acquired Scherzer and then did not because Ked Rosenthal is, is a narc. Um <laughs> Actually, uh-huh. I don't mind Ken Rosenthal, but it's just it, I lost my mind. Um, <laughs> and for them to not get a starting pitcher, it's like one thing not to if you're like, you know, Toronto or whatever, like you really need one. But the Padres, they just needed a guy. I don't even know if it was Barrios. I don't even know if it was Scherzer, but they're in a situation where if Blake Snell was not Robbie Ray circa 2018 to 2019, which I wrote in my article recently for the site. Um, they wouldn't be in this position to be dead. Like it's it, it serious trouble of a starting pitcher. They have Musgrove and to a degree, you have confidence in you Darvish, but then if you look at the numbers, it's a little scary with him, especially right. with the whole sticky stuff. So I don't know, man, it's, it's really rough in SD right now. I think that a lot of people are just 
hoping that Prowler just knows what he's doing and for sure has earned the benefit of the doubt. Maybe he knows Mackenzie Gore is literally Kershaw when he comes <laughs> up. Maybe he just knows that. We don't know. Hey, breaking news, everybody. You know how GMs work? They don't just type in, you know, on the, on the keyboard, baseball America, and then just decide, yeah, those are the only guys that I could give up. You know? right. <laughs> That's not how this works. Right. Uh, you can make as many guesstimates as you can, but maybe he knows Gore is actually, it's, it's, he's playing possum. He's, he's not. He's just struggling right now in the minors. But, like, right. who knows what they know, right? So, hopefully the Padres can kind of just the, – the hope is that um, Musgrove and Darvish and their general starting pitching is just going through a, a little bit of a meh. But then with Blake Snell, you look at it, it's just like it's night and day. It is Dr. Jekyll, Mr. Hyde. It is – it's it's awful for him. And if he was better, then the Padres wouldn't be, in my opinion, in the position they are in and might be one of the reasons Parler was, you know, didn't want to pull the trigger on a starting pitcher at the deadline. So we're talking starting pitching. I mean, and we're talking wild card games. <laughs> starting the wild card game because I think at this point I have Joe Musgrove as starting the game over you, Darvish, over Blake Snell. Who would you start in the wild card game? Believe it or not, I still give me Darvish. Yeah, give me Darvish. I know it sounds weird, and I really like Joe Musgrove. If they picked him, I wouldn't be mad. Yeah. I wouldn't even do the thing where if Musgrove gets blown up, I'm like, I told you so. No, like I get it. His curve is awesome this year. He can literally throw it multiple times in a row, as he did in the Oakland game, and batters still won't hit it. Yeah, it hangs up and now and then they take it out for a three run bomb, and it's like Brandon Belt does that or whatever, right? But <laughs> uh, for the most part, he's just been so effective, right? Even when he doesn't rack up the Ks, he just doesn't. I mean, his whip is below one right now. Uh, after start against Oakland. And that's like a good mini stat. I know I'm not like breaking any news that whip is important here on the just baseball show, but like, that's a nice little uh, moment there. And he does not give up a, just a crap ton of hits. I just feel like Darvish. I, I just like the narrative thing. He was awful in the playoffs uh, for the Dodgers. That's the thing. That's, the thing. that's why I'd be nervous for him to start a, a winner take all game. I know a hundred percent, but it's just, I just feel like he can have that big game. If you look at earlier in the season, granted, this is pre post sticky stuff and all that against the Giants and especially particularly against the Dodgers. He was great. I think he was, he's only given up three runs and three starts against the Dodgers. So part of me wonders if maybe he knows how to pitch against them. I don't really know. I don't know anything to be honest with you, but <laughs> the it, it is true. There definitely is a concern there. I imagine it would be like if there's the first sign of trouble, they bring in Musgrove. Uh, you definitely don't bring in Blake Snell that much. I can tell you Blake Snell is not starting uh, the wild card game unless he goes into a you know, to make Jack happy, I guess, like a Jake Arietta esque you know, final month of the season, yeah, um, but which it's I not gonna gonna, it's yes, not going to happen. <laughs> it's, it's, it's not, but then at the same time, which is what I also mentioned in the article, like the Padres are still a really good team and winning potentially on the high end, like 93 to 95 games. That's not like a, a loss. It's a little more complicated than that. It, it's a lot more complicated than that. And we're going to get back into the personnel in a moment, but I think what a lot of people are doing is jumping to these crazy conclusions. So 40 games into this year, you were saying the Padres are going to win the world series in year one of the window. Mm -hmm. Now you're saying the Padres aren't going to win the world series in their one year window. Mm -hmm. Both are false. This is year one of the window. <laughs> and I think my question to you, because I'm struggling to put together a timetable on this. Mm -hmm. How big is the window? I think it's three years. I think that and, and the other thing is the window, in my opinion, actually would have been opened a lot more if they were able to get rid of Eric Hosmer just because that contract is annoying. And rightfully, an ownership is probably annoyed by it. I just think that you look at the core, Jay Cronenworth, Tatis, May Machado, Trent Grisham, 
And hopefully if he figures out you Darvish and then Joe Musgrove, and then next year you get Mike Clevenger. So there's your arm. Everybody that doesn't get brought up enough. I even forgot to bring it up in the piece to be perfectly honest with you. Cause I wrote too much. Um, <laughs> but like I, I, that has to be brought up and it has to be brought up that another thing that I alluded to now, this is me pulling a, like, let me start a rumor that is absolutely just no merit to it, but like, let's do it. I love rumors. Let's do it. Let's do it. Uh, Shane Bieber. He's on the block. Let's do it. <laughs> like he's, he's Can that's you imagine? What Tyler's waiting for. I mean, I don't think it's the most inconceivable thing. Cause what I point out is like, I know he hasn't turned out well, but Blake Snell, it wasn't like a widely popularized belief that he was going to be available. You know, if you, if someone told you, especially how he did in the playoffs and how the Rays are doing that, they were just going to ship him off. Like that's not necessarily the most believable thing. I know it's Tampa, but still, you don't know Cleveland, their Cleveland strategy for like five years now has just been to sell. So who knows if, they're like let's just get for Mackenzie Gore and CJ Abrams we'll give you Shane Bieber uh maybe that's what Prowler thinks maybe some other name we're not even talking about is going to become available Kenta Maeda his price goes down a little bit who knows so maybe Prowler is looking at this and saying I don't want to be in a position of some other teams in the league that are not bad enough to tank and get high draft picks but they're also not good enough to be contenders and whatnot right they want to have a little bit more flexibility they want to be able to have you know just not don't put your eggs all in one basket. Who knows? Jake Cronenworth next year could look awful. And then all of a sudden we're like, oh, it's good thing they have CJ Abrams to come up and like be their second thing. You just don't know. I'm doubtful about that happening. But even still, things change way too much in the sport for us to kind of just say they had this one year and that's it. Who knows? It might be four years. And my worst take of the season, I think, was saying that Blake Snell is better than you, Darvish, and that he was going to come over from Tampa Bay after he got taken out in game six and just take it upon himself to be an actual beast this year. What does he do? Does the complete opposite. Does a complete 180 on what he was in Tampa, and now, like we said, he's rocking a 5 ERA. I have a question on the offensive side because the Padres made a big deal. In the trade deadline. They got Adam Frazier. Mm-hmm. But without, and we've talked about that Hosmer contract, without moving Hosmer out, you now have this influx of hitters, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. You have Machado at third, Tatis at short. You got Cronenworth. You got Hassan Kim. You got Eric Hosmer. And then the outfield, you have Trent Grisham. You have Will Myers, Tommy Pham. There's a lot of names there. Mm-hmm. I'm curious, just you've been watching Padres games. We've been watching a couple here and there, but we haven't had the full experience. How is the Adam Frazier experience going in San Diego? It's going okay. I was actually about to look up before this, but then you said, hey, let's do Uri. And I said, okay, I was going to look up like (laughs) pitches per at bat with Adam Frazier because he is an aggressive hitter, man. He likes to get up there and just swing at the ball, which is good. I mean, he's literally the NL and hits, I'm pretty sure still. So with the Adam Frazier thing, it's kind of like, I don't know, man, because he has he's also gotten like days off in routine. I think he's like five for 27 or so to start with the Padres, which feels good. weird, which feels weird, by the way. I don't remember seeing him bat 27 times. So double check my math on that. <laughs> like he's just there's been a lot of games. They have a lot of guys to move around, which kind of speaks to the flexibility thing that I was mentioning where Jerickson Profar has kind of been bad. Hassan Kim is a fan base legend. I love his glove. He's so exciting to watch play shortstop, but he hasn't figured out for hitting yet. He's got a really bad pull rate. Uh, at like 49.5% right now. So that's he's still lot. figuring it out. He's still figuring he's it out. Pulling half yeah. the ball. Like, <laughs> he's that's pulling the ball half the time. It's 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 not great, I guess. But even still, I view him as a prospect in his own right. I know he's on the major league roster, but to me, he's like a Padres prospect that just happens to also be playing in really pivotal games for them. But still, that's that's a whole nother discussion entirely. I think with the lineup, you're just kind of hoping that 
Frasier is enough to give them a little bit of a boost and it doesn't cost much, right? Like they're just a low cost bet. It didn't cost as much as maybe what it would have taken to get Joey Gallo. Granted, I would have liked that because the Padres, when it comes to slugging and home runs, have not been Slam Diego this year. They have actually been quite good at getting on base. That has not been an issue. Tommy Pham has been awesome. I know I ranted to you guys in the chat when you almost left him off of the top 20. <laughs> I was like, what are you doing? You know, uh, but, you know, he's, of course, because the universe hates me, then has had a really bad last month or so. So I, I, I think depth is their thing. And I think Peller is just like, I want to have as many shots as I can, especially with the injury to Tatis, which I think is more likely going to be a thing that he can come back from. And they just, they're waiting to, for the off season to get surgery, but it's not inconceivable that like, by the time we're done recording this, they're like, you know what, this is actually, we lied. They actually, he actually did suffer more damage and we need to do mm-hmm. surgery right now. So uh, it's just, God damn it, man. <laughs> it's really rough, but you have to remember what, what they have and they still have a good team. And by the way, the team that's in first right now is the giants, not the Dodgers. If that holds, um, I don't know about you guys, but I remember the Dodgers losing quite a lot of playoff games over the last decade, aside from the truncated season last They're year. They're pretty good, though, now. They Congratulations. Have Turner and Max Scherzer. That's pretty good. Yeah, even just, just having on. them. Bring it on. Then, like, even the, like the Nationals, like that's still pretty good. Quick question, Javi. Did you see Max Scherzer strike out 10 in his Dodger debut? Because hey, I did. It was look good for them, man. Good for them. It's <laughs> they're the they're the one team in sports where you know how we always thought we have those moments where like Damian Lillard, this year's playoffs, right? He carried the Blazers and they just someone tweeted like he painted the Mona Lisa and his teammates just threw water on it, right? Yes. We always talk about when LeBron carries a team. Well, the Dodgers are the first professional team that I could remember where their GM is actually carrying them. Just he's like, please. I am giving you all the good players of the world, exception maybe Justin Turner, I guess, but they always they always blow it. You know what I mean? With the exception of last season. So let's just say, would it be that shocking if the Dodgers happen to get Max Scherzer in there and he gives up five runs to the Padres and then they win and we're making fun of them? That's that's like the, the happy timeline. The dark yeah. timeline is that the Dodgers win the World Series and we're all just like, cool. I mean, the thing with the thing with the Dodgers fans is that they, they hate us, right? They hate the Padres guys and we hate them. Hold on, rightfully Bobby, so. Before you keep oh, yeah. going, I, I just want to QP in on this. Did you see that we didn't even ask a single NL West question? We were still fully invested in the Padres, and Javi turned this into an F the Dodgers conversation. And the thing is, I have another question <laughs> about Trent Grisham since July 1st, but I'll right. wait. I'll wait until Javi gets done talking about possibly the greatest roster we've ever seen in baseball history. Yeah, no, 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 no. he's keep, cool, keep, man. Keep keep telling us how bad the Dodgers are. <laughs> no, it's cool, man. It's cool, man. Like, look, they, they've had great rosters before and they've, you know, they, congratulations. You won the truncated season. Like it's, it's a really great kind of accomplishment for you guys to beat the Tampa Bay Rays and the, the team that maybe people could name three guys on it. Like it's really great. And I think the thing about the Dodgers fans and there's a lot of trolls on there and I'm actually friends with a, a decent amount of them. And I like a lot of Dodgers reporters, but then there's like the hacks out there and like the, the Dodgers Twitter, right. Where it's like, I think they're genuinely just upset that nobody likes them anymore. You guys choked like 10 years in a row. Like they, the Dodgers had the excitement that the Padres did at one point, right? You, you bring up Bellinger and Corey Seager. And even when they had Manny Ramirez, heck, that was like kind of a fun, weird thing that they did. Yeah. And they have all these guys and it's like Clayton Kershaw can't pitch. You know, he's getting smacked by, I don't know, Matt Carpenter in the playoffs, whoever it was. Right. And then Howie Kendrick, you guys lost to Howie Kendrick. So Bobby, can I interject for a second? Go for it. Name a weakness on the Dodgers right now. 
uh, a weakness is that you've only won once. You know so, but I mean? no, but like, look at their roster. They're literally a super. Uh, I they're would say, I would say the only thing that could be an issue for them is Kenley Jansen. He's been, he got extraordinarily lucky the first half thing. of the year. Yeah, that's right. I can't prepare. You guys tried to trap me at the beginning of this. <laughs> Wiggled out of that. You know what I mean? Like I'm a little <laughs> slime ball. And then right here, look, Kenley Jansen for a lot of the year had been good, but only on the surface level. He'd been getting very lucky. Highest walk rate per nine of his career. His home run fly ball was like 2.2 or something ridiculous like that um, percentage wise. He was walking a lot of batters and his bat was like 150. So he was due. And we've seen a lot, even in uh, early this week, whenever the heck this episode comes out, he gave up a big home run to, I think it was Kyle Tucker. They still won the game, but if it wasn't seven to two, all of a sudden he blows another game. So I would say closing is the only thing that could be an issue for them. And I love it because closing, as we all know, is about, you know, not choking it. You know what I mean? And the Dodgers are pretty good at choking. So let's just say, Bring it on, L.A. I can't wait for, you know, Tommy Pham and not, not Tommy Pham because he's actually like proven really good. I can't wait to just see Tatis in the dugout losing his mind after you guys let, you know, Jake Marisnik hit a big, <laughs> big two out double to tie the game off of you guys. And you spending all this money, you have all this, this these shiny toys and you still lose. It's going to be great. Can't wait for it. A massive haul, Jake Marisdick for former Fort Wayne tin cap Anderson Espinosa there, straight up. <laughs> um, hey, I've got one hypothetical for you guys before mm-hmm. we get back to the Padres' individual conversation because I know you have a Trent Grisham question, Pete. I've got a Jorge Mateo question, um, but I, I saw your eyebrows just going. Mm-hmm. Ooh, my guy like, Mateo. <laughs> the, uh, one of the fastest guys in baseball. Yeah, mm-hmm. but unfortunately not a Padre anymore. Well, he might be. He just got DFA. But Okay. Moving forward, because you did mention Shane Bieber, and he could be in play if you pay through the nose if you're the mm. Padres with prospects. I would Who give would them you anything. rather have going forward with the contractual uh, setup that they have right now? Mm-hmm. Walker Bueller or Shane Bieber? What is oh. what is Shane Bieber right now? I don't even know what Shane his deal Bieber, is. Shane Bieber, I think, hits arbitration this year. So he's got three arbitration okay. years. Bueller has this and two more. Oh, I, I take Bueller. Bueller's awesome. I actually think Bueller. Is I don't the, know. I think Bueller is a guy that wins a Cy Young. I actually, I really do. I don't know if, I don't know if he's going to be like, you know how they had Granky and Kershaw for a while, yeah. I think. Right. Yeah. Like it was kind of like people didn't, they noticed Zach Granky, but it was kind of like a little bit under the radar. I think that could be what Bueller is, to be honest with you, a guy who's just going to be really good for years to come. I know the upside with Shane Bieber is good, but hey, I mean, this year he was a little up and down. Let's just be honest. I mean, he walked a lot of guys. He he's was striking out everybody. Yeah, out. but he's still, yeah. I know that's the thing. He was striking. He think was the really good dealing... side of Snell, like a, a nine point two walk per nine. But then he struck out like twenty per nine. Like it was <laughs> I, very chaotic. I enjoyed it. Hey, honestly, at least it make the games exciting. You know, what I, I mean, I, think, I would love that. Yeah, I think we're really dealing with recency bias there. Like Shane Bieber is hurt right now. We're watching True. Walker Bueller just shove. And yeah. I mean, and when Jack, when you asked that question, I really had to take a second because I was like, wait a minute, is Walker Bueller better than Shane Bieber? And it's I close. would say he is not, but it's close. I still need to see, I need Shane Bieber to come back from injury. And I need to see how he responds. And then I want to make that judgment because Shane Bieber is still fucking Shane Bieber, yeah, dude. Man. Like he's think- still. Probably the third best pitcher in baseball behind Jacob DeGrom and Garrett Cole. If we're not looking at injury and we're still looking back at our pitcher rankings, which we didn't do too long ago, 
Pete, we sure I about still Garrett Cole? think it's Shane Bieber. But if you said <laughs> Walker Bueller, I don't really have anything to say because I think I think it's whatever costs right. less. That's my take. Whichever costs less. Whichever, if they had to give up Gore and Abrams for one of them and only Gore for another one. Would you trade Gore and Abrams for uh, Bieber? Bieber? Yeah, oh, I, I, think mean, I, would. I think I would. Would you, Jack? Bieber. No, I, Andrew Freed would you? not giving Walker <laughs> Padres like that <laughs> could you imagine? I'm just saying if you, if you are the general manager of the Dodgers would like would you do that trade or if you're the general manager of Padres like who says no so who says no? that's the best thing on Twitter who says no and it's just yes. random trade proposals <laughs> and to be honest I think the Dodgers say no because we talked about it there's so much mm-hmm. value in knowing and yeah Mackenzie Gore right now you, you do don't. not know he hasn't nope. appeared in a minor league game since mid he's walking everybody yeah he hasn't pitched since mid-June He's good. Don't worry about it. It's perfectly fine. Next Kershaw, baby, we good. But he hasn't pitched since mid June, Javi. So I know he's no. playing possum. Clearly, <laughs> like he's clear. They don't want to show because I don't know if you guys heard this report. I'm not making this up. I actually saw it in um Outkick that the Dodgers were actually <laughs> they were spying on Mackenzie Gore in the minor league games. It's a crazy story. And um, okay, I'm gonna stop this before someone actually takes that seriously. I'm kidding. Uh, no, like it. it yeah, the Gore thing is hasn't been great, but. My biggest thing with Gore is it he was literally like top 10 in all of baseball and then has had a really bad start. And now he's just, we're done. Like, I, I don't like being out on a guy I after agree. that soon. Similar to how I think Arm, our founder, is right about not being out on two attack by Loa and uh, the NFL for after making only like six starts. So, yeah, that's that's that's, that's my take. Give people no, time. I'm not out on Give Gore. the man a second. Give the man a second. <laughs> I'm not out on Gore either. I'm just saying he, he hasn't thrown in a while, and Walker Bueller is throwing more innings than literally anybody. Um, mm-hmm. Pete, you cool if I ask the Mateo question and then we get to your Grisham question? No, I'm not cool with it. Okay, <laughs> then you ask the Grisham question. Yeah. Um, Go for it. Hey, so Jorge Mateo, DFA'd, and I, I'm sure you were not expecting me to bring up the name Jorge Mateo right now, but Mm-mm. his speed and his defensive abilities – his possibility of even playing a serviceable left field or right field mm-hmm. for them was really enticing. Mm-hmm, yeah. Why did they DFA him? Like, what are they going to miss about Jorge Mateo down the stretch? Look, I mean, with Matt Strom coming up, Matt Strom's like a pretty solid reliever, I think, Loki. I mean, I don't think it's – if there's one objectively great thing about the Padres is their bullpen is just completely lights out. And they added Daniel Hudson. So, like, they're, they're good on that front. I know people are complaining about the Shark because he blew a save, and it's like, all right, I don't know if you guys knew this, but like, it's kind of incredible what he'd been doing already. He's going to regress to a degree, at least I expect. And then they still got Pomeranz and Strom and Austin Adams and his 28 K per nine. Like they're, they're, they're okay. It's okay, guys. Um, they'll, They'll figure it out when the time comes. But with, with Jorge Mateo, I have such a soft spot in my heart for Jorge Mateo because he really struggles as a batter. Um, he's really frustrating to watch as a batter. You feel like there's more there, but he just doesn't quite get it. I know that he doesn't necessarily get all the playing time in the world, um, but even still, I, I am going to miss the guy a little bit. And they bring in Jake Marisnik, who maybe Preller is saying, I actually think this guy might be better than what he's doing right now. And Mateo, I, I, I guess he just wanted to have that extra reliever. You know what I mean? I think that that's how the Padres are approaching it. And with Mateo, I have such a soft spot. Almost forgot to mention this because last year there was a, a walk-off. I think it was on... Which is the holiday in September, Labor Day or Memorial Day? Labor Day. Labor, Labor Day. Day. I don't know why I always forget that. I'm so sorry. Um, That's okay. That on, on the Labor Day, <laughs> the I apology feel so bad. accepted. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> 
<laughs> on Labor Day, uh, it was it, w- it was the day before Labor Day, I think the day of, the Padres had a walk-off against the Rockies, a team that is, you know, the Avengers whenever the Padres play them this year, apparently now. Um, but they had a walk-off, and Jorge Mateo ran home off of this Jerickson Profar hit and jumps up and is like, like he just discovered like like the, the idol and, and the Raiders lost arc. Like he was so excited about it and so happy. So like it's just the energy of Jorge Mateo, I think, is gonna be missed. I wish that Profar also, because his energy is great too. I wish he could back it up with his production. Um, I don't know, man. I don't know. I think that it's one of those players that just they need a little bit more, man. Like we're we are giving you some opportunities and we're just not really seeing it all that much right now. We talked on the GM episode about how one of the best deals that AJ Preller made was acquiring Trent Grisham for Luis Urias and some other pieces like Eric Lauer. That was it. He's one of my favorite. (laughs) He's legit one of my favorite center fielders in, in baseball. I love watching Trent Grisham play. He's so good on defense and he's really come into his own as a hitter. But since July 1st, I mean, you wrote about it in your article. He's just straight up sucked. I mean, since July 1st, he has a he's hitting 181. He has a 54 WRC plus. Mm-hmm. I couldn't believe this when I saw this. He has three extra base hits since July mm-hmm. 1st, and he's striking mm-hmm. out 20% of the time. And he's not a strikeout guy, so that's a higher strikeout percentage than he's normally used to. Mm-hmm. I'm curious to what you've seen from Trent Grisham. Is this just a slump? Are we just like, you know what, middle of the year, he's not hitting that well, he'll be fine? Or do you think that this could be something more? Look, man. I need you to really hear me when I say this trickers of fucking rules. Okay. Like (laughs) I don't, he started really, really hot. That's the way I view it. I genuinely view it as just a slump. I wanted more. I did a video earlier this year where I said he finished in the top 10 and MVP of the national league for everybody that wants to complain. Uh, congratulations on your prediction that the the Dodgers will win 112 games. Wow, really bold prediction there. Sorry that I tried to be different. No <laughs> better. Assholes. Um, <laughs> I'm still better. I'll make fun of the Dodgers as much as I can, man. Um, I think that with Grisham, I wanted a little bit more this year. I did. And his stat line, I think, in totality this year is basically pretty much similar to last year. It's around a 250 average, 340, 350 on base, which is still good. And he's still a really good defensive player. I don't know if he's like Jackie Bradley Jr., once-in-a-lifetime defensive uh, player, or even Manny Margot, who is, looks awesome in Tampa Bay right now. Um, he might not be that, but I just think he rocks. And like you said with that trade, like, Trick Grisham, well, I might have been wrong about the top 10 MVP thing. I literally think Padres Twitter only gives me a smidge of like credit, whatever the word is like, because of heading into last year, I was like, this deal was so good and nobody realizes it. This yeah. guy has only been a walking machine. He has a pretty good eye at the plate. Sometimes it's, it's, you know, he does strike out a decent amount every now and then he goes through those slumps where he just can't even hit seemingly the simplest of fastballs down the middle. But just in terms of his eye at the plate, he's very good. I think he has like not fam, upside when it comes to plate discipline but like up there being a a top caliber guy and he's still very young there's still a lot of there and I think a lot of people were letting the error in the playoffs kind of put a guise over how good he was and the Brewers I mean they would be killing for this guy right now for sure too so Grisham is awesome and is a great example of why Preller should still be trusted I mean the fact that he made that deal Preller's thing might be that he likes to operate and just sneaking people from other teams. He likes, to, he likes to grab them. He got you. He got you. You know what I mean? He's like, <laughs> he's like, what are those things called? The Venus flytrap? Is that what it's called? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. The, uh... He's like the Venus flytrap of managers. It's just a little plant thing. And all of a sudden it gets you. Hey, uh, we're going to steal Jake Cronenworth and Tommy Pham for Xavier Edwards, who that's his name, right? 
Yeah, he's going to be pretty good, though. Who's the guy in, in Minnesota? No, I'm thinking of basketball. Thank you. I was thinking Anthony Edwards. Okay. All right. So it was Xavier Edwards. Um, it was Xavier and, Edwards. Yeah. Uh, and maybe that guy ends up great, but it doesn't matter. Bottom line is they got Cronenworth out of that, and Cronenworth is just – I mean, that guy just might be this team's Ben Zobrist. He really might be. Yeah, that's um, a great I mean, comparison for him. He just might be for years to come. Maybe he'll have a, a couple of great years like he did in – I think he was good in Chicago. Or was it the Royals that he was good? I don't remember. Tampa um, Royals. He was good at Tampa, Tampa, but then afterwards it was Tampa. Yeah, but like in Kansas City, and then he was a World Series MVP in Chicago. Like he was just really yeah, good. yeah, yeah, yeah. He was just, just been good really, forever really good. for a long time. Just doing never his job. a guy. If we have you know after the Padres have won their three World Series championships, when we do the documentary about it, Zobris <laughs> won't be the first guy you bring up. You know what I mean? It's he's going to be the the Steve Kerr guy that you bring up, a la Last Dance. The first yeah. guy you're going to bring up is Tatis, and then Machado, you know, Pippen and Jordan, all that stuff. Uh, am I being hyperbolic right now? Absolutely, but I'm just trying to, you know, you fake it till you make it, man. Things are not going lovely for the Padres right now, uh, and I'm just hoping that things, you know, keep going in the positive direction. I think. Oh, okay. Two more questions from me, relatively rapid fire before we wrap up. Do Where it. do the Padres end in the National League West? Uh, third. I still think they finished third. I think that we need to stop saying that the Giants are going to calm down. They're not. I don't know why. Like, I agree. I don't think they are this. either. They're too good. I think it was after I realized it after oh, what was what was the start when I wrote my Gosman article, uh, which everybody could check out, too, which was ruthlessly slaughtered, by the way, the intro of that article. I just <laughs> I still haven't gotten over that. Um, just being completely cut out. I'm looking at you, Arm. I hope you're listening. Uh, but no, uh, that's when I realized, guys, the Giants just have all these guys, Lamonte Wade, you know, Brandon Belt, Longor. What the? Like, well, it just doesn't make sense. But I think the Giants are going to keep it Crazy. up. The only question right now is who finishes first and second. Craziest part about the Giants is Steven Duggar, Darren yeah. Ruff. Darren Donovan Ruff. Solano. I think yeah. Brandon Crawford's insane too. He he's never been this good as a bat. As a bat, he's never as been a this bat. Good. He's been a good defensive player, but like two ninety with eighteen bombs. Good God! And first person that makes a comment about Crawford being better than Tatis is getting shanked. By the way, because I know someone wants to make it. I know they do. Last one for you, Javi. What shows are we watching right now? Hmm. Mm. Oh man, so. I'm still on my one piece grind, which everybody who follows me knows I've been obsessed with. I've tweeted about it like fairly recently. Even just baseball has some one piece memes in there. I'm still doing that. I'm on 816 episodes. Yes. If you haven't heard of the show, it's very, very long, but it's rad. And I'm trying to watch Freaks and Geeks. But Mm -hmm. my friend or uh, I mean, my Hulu currently isn't uh, available at the moment. So I haven't been able to do that. Uh, and then I'm hopefully I'm going to try and catch up on, and do freaks and geeks. I only watched the first episode. Everybody says that I would like it. And then I'm in the middle of my avatar last airbender rewatch, otherwise known as one of the five to 10 best shows ever made. So okay. doing really good. Bobby, we should start a podcast, um, after this baseball season is over where you just teach me about shows and movies. Cause I'm, <laughs> I'm probably, I'm 23 years old. I'm about 22 years behind most things. Um, wow. it's tough, man. It's tough. Yeah, I just, I, I, I watch too many sports. I, I, don't, I can't get it when I'm watching a TV show or a movie. I'm just like, I feel like I'm missing. So you haven't sports. seen like any TV basically. Not re- I've okay. So we were talking about, Jack, this. we got to make a list. We got yeah, how many like a, shows have you guys watched all the way through in your life? Not too, too many. Don't get me wrong. I, I got I more like into five. TV a little bit later. Like when I got out of high school is when I started like actually in college is when I started to actually watch a lot more TV. I used to watch like Hawaii Five-0 and Bones as like my only two shows. And then Avatar Last Airbender because I was early on how good that show was. But for the most part, and anime stuff too. 
for the most part, I hadn't watched many series in my life, uh, but there's so much there. And what I love about TV is unlike movies, the same level of snobbery. I mean, you guys aren't necessarily as part of film Twitter as I am. Um, for those who don't know, I also write about movies and TV in my spare yeah, time. Yeah, weird flex here. Yeah. <laughs> like it's very movies. It's so much more snobbery related there. Like it's like, hey, that movie that made 20K this year, that was actually the best movie. Screw Palm Springs and stuff that people actually watched. In TV, what I love so much is oftentimes the things that are super popular are also some of the best. This isn't like a a thing where people are only talking about Boardwalk Empire or whatever the hell, right? It's like, no, Stranger Things is very good. No, uh, Billions is very good. What's that one? Start? Succession is very good. There's so much stuff that people talk about that is just genuinely critically redeemed. It's it's the best bridge, I feel like, between populist and critically, artistically, whatever the hell that means, Meredith. Interesting. Uh, Pete, I'm going to give you a lot more lowbrow things to look at. Dave on Hulu, that's a little... Oh, I, I'm, so I'm not even going to call that lowbrow, man. I, I'm not going to call that lowbrow. Has Dave gotten somewhat weird, though? Have you guys... I haven't up with seen Dave any of season two yet. It's so good. It, it, season, season one season was two. fantastic. Season two since has been slightly strange. It's been weird as shit, but it's been great. It's an oversimplification, but speaking of shows about like rappers, basically, um, check out Atlanta if you have it. Atlanta is like one of, I think, I would argue it's not my favorite show ever. I don't even think it's in my top five for anyone that's curious. It's one of my top fives or top tens. It's, I mean, it might be, at least from stuff I've seen in my lifetime, one of the, the just, it's so, I don't even know how they do it. I've never seen a show that, so easily can transition to political societal commentary to like genuinely hilarious humor in the span of, I'm not even kidding, like five seconds. And it, it feels seamless. Like it, I can't wait for season three and four of that show. Dog lover, where you at? You've had plenty of time, man. Come on. We're waiting, man. We're waiting. Jack and I are waiting. Let's do it. He's working his artistic genius. Javi working his Padres genius. Thank you so much for joining us, man. Love being on here, man. Thanks Javi. He's a treat. He's great. He's hilarious. Like he has so much to get off of his chest when he comes. Yeah, on doesn't here. it feel like that? Like he's just venting, and it's all fantastic. It's just right. all entertaining. Do you feel a little bit like a therapist when he comes on, or when? How about when Arm talks about the Marlins? I kind of feel like a therapist when Arm talks about the Marlins. Oh, that. But it's almost like it's the it's the being defensive of your team. Like, if you're going at me about the Yankees, I'm just like, yeah, like, you're kind of right. Like, we suck. And But but then you got to give it to Javi because the Padres are definitely better than the Yankees, and they have been so good, and then they're probably beefing back and forth on Twitter constantly. But it just – it feels so defensive. It feels so defensive. Man, what you watching this weekend? Um. Well, right now I'm taking a good hard look at Yankees-Mariners because that's, like, kind of low-key important. The Mariners have really become – like a decent team. And I think the Yankees, after beating the Orioles and the Marlins straight away, they need to prove that they can beat actually a serviceable team. So I'm looking at that. Um, Angels Dodgers, little LA series. I'm very interested in watching this next weekend. Also, uh, what else? Giants Brewers is going to be sick. You want to know what I'm watching? Chicago Brouhaha. 220 Eastern today, Lance Lynn at Kyle Hendricks at Wrigley. Saturday, Carlos Rodon at Albert Adbert Alzali. And then Sunday night baseball, Dylan Cease and Zach Davies at Wrigley Field. 
I'd like to end the pod talking about win probability added because I saw this tweet and it had one of our dudes on there. It actually had like four of our dudes on there and they're all ranked. Jeremy Frank does a great job on Twitter. Go give him a follow at MLB random stats. But before I get into the rankings, I want to explain what win probability added is. And this is the exact definition, which you can find on MLB.com. So win probability added or WPA quantifies the percent change in a team's chances of winning from one event to the next. It does so by measuring the importance of a given plate appearance in the context of the game. For example, a home run in a one run game is worth more than a home run in a blowout game. And also a player's WPA can also be affected on the base pass. It will increase if he steals a base, but decrease if he's caught stealing or picked off. And so both pitchers, relievers, hitters, all of them are measured in this, in this, by the stat. So number one is Shohei Otani at 5.76. That doesn't seem like a whole lot, but when you see where Vladimir Guerrero Jr. is at 3.67, you're like, holy shit. Shohei is literally adding so much winning baseball to a team. Yes. From pitching to hitting. Number three is Fernando Tatis Jr. at 3.53. Number four is Josh Hader at 3.44. Wow. Because of all the high leverage outs. High leverage outs. That's the big thing. Guess you'll literally never guess who number five is. I'll even give you the team. Okay. The Minnesota Twins. The Minnesota Twins. Um, Dude, like when I saw the name, I was like, you're lying. Who? Jorge Polanco. No. Our boy. But the thing is, Jorge Polanco is having a good year. He's had 8-11 OPS. 18 bombs, nine stolen bases, playing good defense. Are they all coming in a tie game in the ninth inning? They, they actually, I think he's just one of the clutcher guys. He, he's really just, he's, he's a stud in the stat. He's above sixth place, Jacob deGrom. And then seventh place, you have Kendall Graveman, who's been yeah. phenomenal this year. And then rounding out the list, Nick Castellanos, then Lance Lynn. Yeah, shit, I love that. I love that. I'm a massive fan. Okay. Jorge Polanco, number five in all of baseball in win probability added. It's very interesting. That's legit. All right, Pete. Talk to you Tuesday. Thank you, everybody.